Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. It is great to be doing this in person. We're it's back. Been a bit. We're back. Yes, and in we are back in Indy. We are in the convention center right now, actually right behind the cameras, what's called Radio Row. There are a whole bunch of different teams and reporters set up there. But as you can tell right behind us, that is the official bench press. Now, no, those are not actual combine participants. These are high schoolers that they have allowed to come in and try some of the drills in case you're like me and thinking these prospects get younger and younger every <laughs> yeah, year. We were a little worried there. We were a little worried we were getting very old. So well, uh, we got the, which is also true. These are not mutually <laughs> exclusive. So, yeah, we got the bench press right behind us. And then on the other side of those curtains over there is where we had guys like Bruce Arians, Jason Light, doing mm -hmm. their media appearances yesterday. So first, I want to talk about that. What do you feel like you learned? Because, man, it's, we haven't heard from them in a little bit. And there's there's been some developments since yes. we've gotten to talk to them. Yeah. So what were some of the biggest things that they were getting asked about yeah. and that you felt like you learned? And they talked to us off to the side, too, with like a little local contingency. So we got a good half hour with each guy yesterday. And I guess maybe learned isn't the right word, but reconfirmed that uh, this team does not feel like it's in a rebuild mode. Even with a couple of pro bowlers retiring on us, uh, th this is a team that I think it was Bruce, I mean, Jason Light, who said, we think we're in position to make another very strong run at the, at the division championship. Yeah. And, you know, that's the first goal. Obviously, the biggest goal is the Super Bowl right. every year. But the best way to get there is to win your division first, like the Bucks did last year. So uh, they think that the roster is talented enough, even without Tom Brady, that this team, especially with the defense that we have going and some things they think they can do on offense, will be competitive again next year. So there's no teardown going on here. Yeah, and you mentioned the couple of Pro Bowlers retiring on us. We've all heard about Tom Brady. We know that what happened there. But the Ali Marpet one has happened since we had our last show. And that one, I think, was very much less expected than the Brady one, potentially. Mm. So what have you seen from the reaction from the team and fans and everybody about a, what he meant to this organization, but B, what this now means in terms of the priorities in the draft, priorities in the free agency, and how you try to replace a guy like him who's been just such a huge part of this team yeah. and this offensive line. It was definitely a shock. I mean, it was uh, 3 p.m. on Saturday, on Sunday, I think, and I know I wasn't expecting it. Ali Marpet's been in the league seven years. He's 28 years old. You could easily say he's in the prime of his career, or he was. Made his first Pro Bowl. He just yeah. made his first Pro Bowl, although uh, when that happened, I think the general sense was finally, right? Right, he deserved been, one much sooner. probably been yes. three or four seasons where he could have been easily been a Pro Bowler. But the only thing, the only reaction you can really have in this situation is to be happy for Ali because obviously he had his reasons for doing so, and doing this is what's going to make him happy now and going forward. So you just look back and you, you're, you're thankful for what he did for the franchise, which was a lot, and uh, helped us win that Super Bowl championship. And uh, it was a great, great career for him. Even just seven years, you'd have to say he's one of the best offensive linemen in team history. But what do the Buccaneers do to move forward? I mean, you got to do something, right? Now you're looking at the situation. The Buccaneers had three Pro Bowl, three offensive linemen in the Pro Bowl, and by a lot of metrics, had maybe the best Pro Bowl, best offensive line in the NFL last year. But Allie's retired, and center Ryan Jensen and left and right guard Alex Kappa are both potential unrestricted free agents. So that's a little bit worrisome, right? That's a lot to potentially have to replace. Uh, but Bruce Arians said Allie's retirement definitely. Uh, definitely changes how you approach free agency, and in particular, those two offensive linemen. There's more money to spend now. The Buccaneers might go a little bit harder to try to keep Jensen and or Kappa. Right, and so now, what are some of the other priorities that this could affect in terms of the cap space and mm -hmm. looking at what else we need? Of, Are there going to be things now that you didn't think you needed an alignment where that's got to take precedent? Mm -hmm. And then also, if regardless... What does this free up for some of those other areas that you're trying to look for? Well, I mean, again, I think you, it probably just stays in that same category. Whatever you freed up here with Allie in terms of the cap, 
you uh, have more than you can uh, allocate either mm -hmm. to Jensen and or Kappa or somebody from the outside. But also I think it does sort of change your focus in this draft just a little bit. Uh, or Jason Light said yesterday that this is a draft where we, we I th actually I think it was Bruce Arians, where we'll be going for best player available. It's not positional need. That's something that every team believes and says, but when it comes down to it generally, the positional need does factor in when it comes time, when you're on the clock in the second round or something. Um, you may be picking best player available, or you may be picking best player available at one of these couple positions that we really need. Um, so I think you, you could see the, the solution for that three-man interior line be a combination of more aggressively going after Jensen and Kappa, something in the draft. And then these young guys that they like, like Robert Hainsey and Nick Leverett and Sidarius Hutcherson, a lot of guys that Bruce talked about yesterday, young guys he thinks are ready to potentially step up into bigger roles. And then there's been some other news that has come out this week. This has just been a crazy week all the way around. <laughs> and the first bit I feel like people are going to want to hear about, because I think you and I, this might be the most common question we've been asked, at least in my seven years of being here. When are the throwback uniforms <laughs> coming back? And you and I have never had an answer for that. And we finally have an answer for that. It's funny how much is going on because you said you were going to talk about another topic that we haven't talked about mm -hmm. yet. And that's not even the one you were, I thought you yeah, were going to throw. Yeah, there are so many. So we, we still have more. So don't worry. So uh, the throwback uniforms yes. are coming back in 2023. It won't be this season, but it will be the one after that. First time since, I think, 2013. The throwback stopped happening because the NFL changed their rules about how many sets of helmets that teams could use and the Buccaneers couldn't really would have had to wear the Peter helmets which wouldn't have looked good with the old Bucko Bruce throwback so they're coming back we know the fans love them we love them um, it's as soon as we could have possibly gotten them in terms of getting the uniforms we just couldn't for supply side reasons we just couldn't get it done for 2022 mm -hmm. but they're back in 2023 okay and then we also found out we're going to Germany That's what was I that it there we go me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are finally found out we are definitely playing a game in Germany this year so how exciting is that for for you and for the team at large it's great. So there's four games coming in Germany in, over the next four years, one each year, Munich, Frankfurt, Munich, Frankfurt. And the Buccaneers are the designated team for the very first one of those games. This is the first NFL game ever played in Germany. Now, I don't know how many of the people watching have been following the NFL long enough to remember days of, like, NFL Europe. I think it's called World League of Football at mm -hmm. one point, I think. It's been called many things. Probably the place where NFL football was most popular during that time was Germany. Like, four of the teams were in Germany. Mm -hmm. And there's millions of NFL fans in Germany already. And the Buccaneers recently got an international home marketing agreement uh, or area uh, granted to them for Germany. So the Buccaneers will be marketing themselves in Germany, trying to you know create more fans there and create opportunities for fans to get merchandise and, and other things. And, and so getting to play a game there on top of that is just really, really exciting. And to be the first team to do so, we, do, we don't know our opponent yet, but we're the designated team for that game. And, yeah, it's really exciting. The Buccaneers have played games in London. They played a preseason game in Japan. But Germany is a new territory. It's going to be exciting. incredible. Mm -hmm. And then we will close with this. Also, the team announced some new coaches on staff. Uh, so, overall, some, some shakeup there. What do you see as that impacting the team and some of the people brought in, some of the people leaving, but still how secure overall – the coaching staff is these last few years of that continuity. There hasn't been much change, and Bruce Arians was actually said he was actually, I won't use the exact words, but he wasn't very happy that, I mean, he's happy that, that Byron Lefwich and Todd Bowles are still around, obviously, right. for selfish reasons, but he's not happy that those guys haven't gotten their opportunities yet. And so uh, the Buccaneers over the last two years, despite all their success, haven't had to make too many changes to the coaching staff, which is great because that's a strength of the team and continuity is awesome. Uh, so each year there's just been a few changes. There's, this year uh, 
uh, Mike Caldwell went to become the defensive coordinator for the Jaguars. And so the Buccaneers brought in a former coach that had worked with Bruce Arians as a linebackers coach back with the Cardinals. And I have to admit that right now. Blanking on the name. Blanking on the name. And which isn't fair too. to him because he's a very yes. well-tenured coach. And, and it's just that we've just had this news recently. Right, yeah. I wasn't prepared for that yes, question. Sorry, I threw that at you at the last um, second. So it's my apologies on my end for not remembering right now. Um, but uh, he's, a, he's a very well-established coach. He's yep. coached that position under Bruce Arians. And then there's been a couple other changes sort of at the quality control level. Yeah, and, and, then, and Larry Foote moving over to the uh, inside linebacker yeah. instead of outside. And then also um, uh, Rick Christoffel is now the assistant uh, is an is an a senior offensive assistant, which opens up the tight ends job for John Van Dam, who had been the qual I mean the assistant tight ends coach, but now he's in charge of the tight ends. Right, but it is incredible how much consistency there has been there, and that is yeah, a huge factor really for a team. Key. All right, well that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Thank you so much for joining us, and stay tuned. To all the rest of our combine coverage on Buccaneers.com. <laughs>